Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. All right, thanks for tuning in to the first episode of Leaning Into Leadership, a podcast that is absolutely dedicated to today's hardworking leader. On today's episode, I want to talk about what really matters in leadership. I want to share a little bit about my background and about my story, let you know who I am and why it is that you might want to listen to what I have to say about leadership. I'll tell you about the six things that I continue to check myself as a school leader on and that really drove the work that I did. I want to share with you a story about a time when it all changed, when how I led, how I behaved, how I carried myself changed pretty much in an instant. I do want to tell you about what you can expect going forward with additional episodes of the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. And then I'll wrap up today with a pep talk. The pep talk, for those of you who have followed me for a while, is just a simple what's on my heart, what's on my mind, and what is maybe something that can provide a little inspiration, a little energy, a little fire as you launch into your week. So who was Darren Peppard and why should you listen to him? What does he have to say about leadership that you haven't already heard? Well, we're going to find out. But let me share with you a little bit of background, who I really am. I spent 26 years in public education. I was a middle school teacher, a high school teacher. Then I became an assistant principal, actually had two different roles as an assistant principal, first discipline and attendance, then curriculum instruction and special programs, and then was fortunate enough to be a principal at the high school level, leading one of the largest high schools in the state of Wyoming. After that, I went on to be a superintendent for four years, and then recently decided that it was time for a change. And not moving away from leadership, but rather, I wanted to find another way to contribute to leaders. Working in a school district, working in a school building, working with adults and working with kids is very rewarding. But because I have this passion for leadership, this fire that really can't seem to be extinguished, I want to be able to support leaders in all walks of life, not just education. Certainly that's where my experience is. That's where I will draw upon other things that have occurred during the course of my career. But leadership is leadership. And I feel like leadership right now is maybe the most challenging it has ever been. So leaving public education and stepping into a world where now, as a keynote speaker, as a leadership coach and consultant, and also as a publisher, I have the opportunity to work with so many more leaders to provide that third point perspective, to provide some words of inspiration, some motivation, maybe a little bit of insight here and there as well. So that's a little bit of my background. So with that, let me share six things that, as a school leader, I felt were absolutely critical. The things that I would check myself on a regular basis. Now, let me explain a little bit what I mean about checking myself. 
go back to my time as a classroom teacher. And I specifically want to talk about my time when I was a head basketball coach. I coached, again, in Northwest Arizona. Most of our games were played down in the the greater Phoenix area, which for us meant two to three hours on a bus each direction. I spent a lot of time on those bus trips looking at film, you know, watching the team we're getting ready to play on the way home, watching the game we just played, you know, breaking down certain things we did well, certain things we didn't do well, planning out what do we need to do in practice to get better. And that video is always shot from a really high level, typically a balcony or the top row or something like that. I liken watching the video of the teams that I coached and the teams we were coaching against to myself as a school leader. What were those things if I went to the tape that I would be looking for? You know, on the basketball side, it was, I'm looking for what our defensive rotations look like. You know, how are we moving away from the ball? What are we doing on ball? Some of those things. As a school leader, I wanted to know how am I doing in these six specific areas? You know, first and foremost, is everybody clear on what I value? And am I living that value? You know, it's one thing for us as an individual to say, this is what's important to me. But if nobody else understands that or knows that, what, what good is it? There are times when I'll go in and I'm working with leadership teams or I'm you know, coaching a, a school, and that's always the first question. What's important to you? As the leader of the school, as the leadership team of this school, what is most important to you? And when I go ask the rest of the people working in this school, will they say the same thing? Do they know that's what's important to you? So for me, that number one item, when I went and stood on the balcony, and actually, yes, at the high school where I was a principal, there was a balcony overlooking the basketball court, and I would physically go stand in that space. I needed, I guess I'm a bit of a tactile learner, I needed that space to be able to look down at the floor and, in essence, go to the tape. How am I doing on checking in on what's important to me? You know, the second thing, and I will tell you as a leader, while this was probably number two on my checklist, it's the most important thing when it comes to school leadership. And that is, am I continuing to work on building and maintaining a positive culture? Do the people who are part of this school feel like they are seen, that they are heard, that they are loved? Do they feel like they're part of something special? Or... Are there way too many of them who get lost, who don't get seen every day, who slip through the cracks? And I'm not just talking about the kids. I'm talking about the adults, too. Our adults need the exact same thing. They need to feel seen and heard and loved. And that's what that culture is all about. And so I would check regularly on myself. Am I being intentional about the culture of my school? Here's a big tip for you on this, too. If you're not intentional about the culture of your school, it's not going to go the direction you want. Actually put it on your calendar. Actually be intentional and say, today I'm going to go do this, this, and this that are specific to school culture. As a classroom teacher, it's the same thing. 
How do I make sure I'm building and maintaining positive culture in my classroom? As a bus driver, how am I building and maintaining positive culture and climate on my bus? Lunchroom, maintenance, whatever, fill in the blank. What am I doing to maintain and build positive school culture and climate in my space? The third thing, man, I'll tell you what, our adults, they're crucial. And I wanted to check myself for really ensuring that my adults feel empowered to do the work they need to do. Am I supporting them? Am I valuing them? Am I letting them know how much they mean to me? How important the work is that they do? And am I giving them the opportunity to give me feedback on how that works? Am I really listening? Am I being intentional, taking time and going and talking with them, not when they're in their classrooms with students, but when they're alone? Am I being really deliberate about the relationship building with the adults in my school? And it's not just the teachers. It's not just maintenance or bus drivers. Folks, it's also the parents. It's those other stakeholders that come into our schools. In my school, my high school, where I was a principal, we had benches everywhere. And my secretary would always say, if you can't find Darren in a classroom, you're gonna find him on a bench. I didn't spend a lot of time in my office. Rather, I was out and about because I wanted to have those opportunities to sit and talk with people, to build relationships, to get to know how they are viewing the work that we're doing. If we're not empowering our adults, if we're not valuing our adults, if we're not letting them know, hey, I see you, I hear you, I love you, folks, we're going to lose them. Right now, we're going through a crisis in public education. We are losing educators. Now, as the leader, yes, it's your job to make sure you're doing that, but you also need to be empowering those other folks around you to help lift each other up. Right now, it's a tough time. You know, and this would probably be, for me, I'd rearrange my six right now as a school leader to put this one number one. Am I really valuing the adults around me? Number four, and that, that's all about the students. For me, am I doing everything I need to do to give my students the opportunity for genuine, honest, meaningful learning opportunities? You know, I sure hope gone are the days of the worksheet. Gone are the days of the Scantron bubble test. I know that one's not gone yet, but I wish it would be. What are we doing to give kids genuine, authentic learning experiences? Some of the work that I'm probably most proud of leading at Rock Springs High School was the development of the career academies, where we gave students opportunities to be out in the community, learning from professionals in different career paths that they were genuinely interested in. And for a lot of our students, they learned when they got out there and got to experience those career paths, they didn't want anything to do with them, but that was okay. It gave them that exposure. As a superintendent, we led this work as well, getting our students those authentic opportunities to get out into the workplace. Now, authentic work is not just about that. Sometimes it's about those project-based types of learning experiences where students work on projects that are genuinely impactful in their community. Standing on the balcony, I want to know, are we providing those opportunities? Are we keeping our students truly engaged in the learning experience? Education is not something that should be done to students. It should be done with students. So I would spend a lot of time on that balcony 
hey, how am I doing here? How are we collectively doing here? That takes me into number five. And that's, we got to tell our story, folks. You know, as educators, we've never been good at it. We're probably better now than we've been in years past. But are we really good at owning our story? You know, the saying goes, if you don't tell your story, someone else will, and you probably won't like their ending. It's very true. We have to control the narrative. Right now, probably more than ever, because so many outside forces are trying to spin a rhetoric around education, this, this narrative that we're not in it for kids, we're not doing the right things, that whatever you know political faction are, are pushing on us, whatever the case may be, we have to control that narrative. We have to work very, very hard to ensure that the stories of our school, the successes in our school, even the challenges in our school are being shared. As George Kuro said, we have to make the positives so loud, can hardly hear the negatives. And then the sixth one for me was coaching. And, and I don't mean coaching an athletic team. I mean coaching adults, coaching leaders, coaching teachers. There's a lot of different ways to approach this. And a lot of times we get stuck in that, that trap of evaluation. And that evaluation is building a case to not bring someone back. The reality is, at least in my opinion, evaluation needs to be focused on how do I grow this individual. Every one of us have strengths. Every one of us have limitations, areas that we can continue to get better. And that's really what the evaluative process should be about. I've worked in places where that really was the focus. How do we grow somebody? How do we share honest, genuine feedback and have somebody say, hey, I could use some support here. I've also worked in places where the evaluation rubric was all about finding weaknesses and pointing them out. I'll get to that more in a minute. But ultimately, what we want to be focused on is how do we coach and grow individuals? How do we provide information feedback, suggestions, a little insight. You know, hey, I've been there, I've done that. Maybe try this. Would you like me to come in and support you with that? Can I maybe teach a model lesson for you? Can I co-teach with you? You know, what, whatever it might be, coaching individuals, to me, was one of those important areas. I didn't look at it as coaching individuals was only for those who were struggling. Some of my very best teachers were the ones who really wanted that coaching. For me as a leader, my second year as the building principal, our superintendent, we had a brand new superintendent, and one of the things he wanted to see happen was all of his school leaders having a coach. Well, there were those who didn't think it was worthwhile. There were those who took it offensively. Me, I was excited about it. Please give me somebody who can give me some feedback, somebody who can share their experience, somebody who can help me be a better leader. Now, ultimately, that was a huge impactful piece for me, but that's a story for another time. So those are the six things that I always felt as a school leader were critical. I needed to be clear on what was important to me, my why, if you will, 
I needed to ensure that I was continuing to build a positive culture and climate. I wanted to be sure that I was empowering my adults, that I was helping our students get authentic, genuine, important learning experiences, that I was telling the story of our school, controlling that narrative, and then finally, that I was coaching the adults responsible for taking care of those kids. As you listen to that, I hope there were some thoughts in your own head of, yeah, what's, what's important to me in my leadership role? What do I value? What do I really care about? And what am I doing to check on myself to ensure that I continue to work toward those specific areas? The number isn't important. For me, it happened to be six. Maybe for you, it's four. Maybe it's nine. doesn't matter. What matters is that you're clear on what matters to you as a leader and that you are checking in on yourself to make sure you're following through on that. It's kind of that self-accountability piece. I'm not worried about others holding me accountable. I want to hold myself accountable first. I want to touch a little bit more on number two. I mentioned when I went through the six, that culture and climate, while I listed it number two, for me was probably the most important. And let me tell you why. When I first arrived at the high school where um, I ultimately became the principal, we had, uh, to put it kindly, a toxic culture. We were very focused on catching people doing things wrong. And it wasn't just the kids, it was the adults too. We were gonna ding that kid or we were gonna ding that teacher for something that they did or a decision that they made. We didn't set clear expectations. I mean, we had them in our head, but we weren't real clear with what everybody else should expect from us. But boy, we were sure good at catching them doing it wrong. And one day in a meeting, we were talking about what do we do about hats and cell phones? You know, a really important conversation. I hope you catch the humor there. When a question was asked, actually two, and the question was directed right at me. Darren, why does it always have to be about what they do wrong? Why can't it be about what they do right? For me, that was that moment where two roads diverged and I had to make a decision. Do I continue on this easy path where it's all about catching people doing things wrong, where we continue to look for the negatives? Because the truth is, if you know what you're looking for, you'll find it. I'm looking for things that are wrong. I'm going to find them. Or I take the other road the road less traveled, if you will. How do I make the mind shift and help others make the mind shift that we're going to focus on the things people are doing right, that we're going to recognize, reward, and reinforce the things people are doing that we value? Ah, loop back to number one, what's important to me? And here in my culture and in my climate, I'm going to recognize, reward, and reinforce those things when I'm seeing them. Because we all know when we do that, we start to see it more and more and more and then loop it into number five. And that's the story I'm telling. That is the narrative I'm spinning with my school. Look at these great things that are happening with my school, our school, with our students, with our adults. That empowers our adults. It rewards our kids. All of those things work together. But it comes down to are you focused on building positive culture? Are you really going to put in the time it takes to build your culture? 
during this last nearly two years of challenge in education, the leaders who have been the most successful, the ones still standing tall, they poured their efforts into culture and climate. They really focused on making sure everybody knew what was important. Everybody felt valued. They felt seen. They felt heard. They felt loved. They felt like they were part of something special. And in those moments, that's how you overcome the most challenging pieces. So I will tell you, I know I feel like I'm on a soapbox. I probably sound like, sound like I'm on a soapbox, but your culture and your climate are absolutely critical to the success of your organization. To me, it's an essential piece in leadership. And now in my role, when I am speaking, when I'm coaching leaders, when I'm consulting with schools and school districts, that's one of the areas I'm going to go first. Let's talk about number one, what's important to you? And number two, what are you doing to build positive culture and climate? How are you continuing to maintain that? I had a great conversation with an assistant principal the other day, somebody I've known for a number of years and I really highly respect. And he was sharing with me the challenges that they're faced with in their district. And folks, they're numerous. Uh, They're facing some real uphill political challenges, uh, some things with their school board that just really are difficult. But when I asked him, how are people doing? He said, you know, because we've worked so hard on our culture and on our climate, we're doing okay. You know, we're surviving. We're getting through it. He said that they had shifted their focus in culture and climate from just recognizing, rewarding, and reinforcing the things that people were doing right to continuing that, but also diving deep and asking the hard questions. What is it you need? What is it you as a teacher? What is it you as a student? What is it you as a bus driver, as somebody working in the cafeteria, as a secretary? What do you need right now? You know, they're not just throwing generic self-care things at people. They're genuinely asking the question, what do you need and how can I help you? I mean, to me, that's great leadership. Focusing on culture through a little bit different lens simply to make sure people feel like they're seen, they're heard, and they're loved. It's just exceptional, exceptional leadership on his part and by, uh, honestly, uh, on the part of the entire leadership team there at that school. All right, so I'm going to ask you just one more time. What is it that's important to you? And what are you doing to hold yourself accountable for that? Are you as the leader willing to go stand on the balcony? Say to yourself, here are the things that are important to me. And here's what I'm doing about it. I'm holding myself to a standard to make sure that these fill in the blank on the number of items of expectations of myself are being met. All right, so we'll step away from the heavy stuff and talk about what it is that you can expect in some of the coming episodes. I will continue to have some solo episodes where I'll dive specifically into individual topics, but then I'll be bringing in some guests as well in future episodes People that are crushing it in leadership right now, we'll ask them the hard questions. What are they doing to be successful as leaders? How are they ensuring that the people around them, those that they are charged with leading, have the opportunity to be successful? 
We'll see if we can get some great insight and some great inspiration from those leaders out there doing the hard work and absolutely crushing it. Coming up in next week's episode, I'm going to share with you some leadership lessons that I picked up while traveling recently to the East Coast during a monster snowstorm. It's interesting the things you can learn about leadership when you're stuck in numerous airports throughout the course of a couple of days. I hope you've enjoyed what you heard today on this premiere episode of Leaning Into Leadership. I'm excited to continue to share and to learn and grow alongside you. If you did enjoy it, make sure you hit the subscribe button. And I'd love to see a five-star review and a little bit of feedback from you as well. Share the show with other people you think might enjoy a little leaning into leadership. And don't hesitate to reach out, to send me a direct message, to send me an email, and let's continue this leadership conversation together. You can find me on all social media platforms at Darren M. Peppard, and you can email me at Darren M. Peppard at roadtoawesome.net. And of course, all things Road to Awesome, from speaking to leadership coaching to publishing to the swag we've got on our website, you can find at roadtoawesome.net. And now it's time for a pep talk. In baseball, they call it the dog days of August that long stretch where the season just seems to drone on and on and on. In education, those dog days are January, February, and March. You know what I'm talking about. That time when you return from your winter break and spring break feels forever away. You know, those are the times when we really need to push, you know, and not push towards testing season. I mean, really push ourselves. You know, those moments when we kind of need to take a step back and take a breath and remind ourselves why we do what we do. Don't forget, when you take that beat, that little pause, it gives you the opportunity to remind yourself why the calling for education. What was it that drove you in this direction, that got you fired up, about coming to school each and every day to work with young people and to help shape young people. Every one of us has a little bit different why, that different reason that pushes us. And it's easy during the dog days of education, those cold winter months, to lose sight of that. We get caught up in all the curriculum we need to get taken care of. We get caught up in all the things we want to accomplish with our students during the course of that year. We get stuck in the what and we forget the why. My challenge for you this week is to just take that deep breath, to take that pause, to take that step back. Remind yourself why you do what you do. You'll make it through the dog days. It's tough and it's cold, but you're gonna get this. I know you've got it. I know you're gonna find your awesome. And you're going to grab on and hold on tight. Until next time, I'm Darren Peppard. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Get out and have a road to awesome week. Thank you for listening to the Leaning Into Leadership podcast brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody 
who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.